Hi, it's Tim Hagen from Progress Coaching, and welcome to another episode for the Coaching Conversations podcast. Now, we are on Stitcher, we are on iTunes, and multiple different channels. Please check us out. Now, one of the things that you'll get out of our podcast episodes is a lot of content, a lot of strategy. It's not fluff, it's not concept. Yet we really want you to engage with the content and let us know your feedback. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. If there's topics you'd love to have us address, we would love to share them with you. Let us know your impact and let us know your feedback. Coaching is the number one strategy that will get us through these times. Now, I'm on my soapbox because I teach coaching. I do coaching. I preach about coaching. I speak about coaching. So it's self-serving, right? Let me give you an illustration of why coaching is the number one talent development strategy. So let's take two managers. The first manager is what we go through as chief learning officers, as training managers, as coaching practitioners, people that work with managers who need to coach. So when we think about that, I want you to think about the first manager. The first manager gives us the typical reason why he or she doesn't have time to coach. They're too busy. Let's take a second manager, somebody who leverages industry principles. The Gallup organization reports when we leverage people's strengths, people engage eight times more than when we lead with constructive feedback. That's a huge transition for some people. Because typically when we ask people, when you get called into the boss's office, what's your first impression? It never fails. It's typically, "Uh uh-oh, what did I do wrong? So here's the funny thing. We have to teach people how to leverage strengths at its most fundamental level. That's why I know coaching is the number one strategy. Because the first manager who does not have time because of this pandemic crisis, now has to look at his or her people and say, trust me, follow me, I'm going to lead you. I'm going to now converse with you. I'm going to set up some video conference interactions with you, and we're going to have a discussion. Really? You know what the employee's first impression is? Where the heck have you been? So look, I'm going to be very blunt in this podcast. Every single day, and I share it all the time at my public speaking engagements, Managers are coaching employees. And often I get these inquisitive looks like, what's he talking about? You're coaching people to stay or you're coaching people to leave. And if you don't think silence isn't a message, you are greatly, greatly mistaken. Coaching is a conversation. Coaching conversations should be scheduled. They should be strength-based. The number one thing, according to the book, The Progress Principle by Teresa Amable reports, the most motivated state somebody is in is when they're progressing and improving in their job. It's not when they get money, recognition, or reward. So how often do you or your managers call people in just solely to recognize their progress? So let's talk about coaching conversations, but let's talk about a conversation at its most fundamental level. A conversation at its most fundamental level is when two people are talking and both are absolutely committed to listening. Now, simple, right? How often do you think about what you want to say while someone's talking? I know I make that mistake. It's something I'm working on. I don't know if we ever perfect it. 
Yet wouldn't we have better conversations if we were focused on listening and demonstrating active listening by looking at someone and saying, Susie, here's what I've heard you say, and I, I think this is what you mean. Did I forget anything? See, when we show somebody we're listening, guess what happens to the relationship? It improves. Guess what happens to trust? It accelerates. How often do you demonstrate active listening? How often does your organization train people on practicing active listening? How often do we train and educate and mentor and coach people on really good questions so we can deepen our relationship with our teammates, our employees, our fellow managers? So let me provide you some perspective. Let's go back to our simple scenario. The first manager right now has to lead his or her team during these times. How does that person really authentically know if his or her employees are really listening, are really following, or begrudgingly doing what they're told to do? There's a huge difference. See, here's the funny thing. In the last 48 hours, I've attended two events. One was an online event by a great company called Concero out of Bethesda, Maryland. And we met with chief learning officers, incredible people doing incredible work. And we all were on this call. We were chatting. And we all kind of had this consensus in one way or another. And I'll paraphrase what I think everybody felt. Finally, people are getting it's about the people. See, the, the pandemic crisis has forced conversations. It has forced us to engage. We've been preaching engagement and conversations and feedback and relationship building for decades. And sadly, the pandemic has finally drawn attention to what we've always known in our industry, but I think everybody's known deep down, yet work gets in the way. I don't have time to coach you. I'm really busy. Think of that message. You may not have that intent, but that's a perception we as leaders create. When you don't spend time with people, people are not at the water cooler, wherever that water cooler is, saying to themselves, I haven't talked to my boss in weeks, but I know he's proud of me. Now I'm being a little sarcastic. I get that. So when we think about coaching, we have to think about the people. Finally, the people are at the forefront. It doesn't mean we had bad intentions. I don't want to mislead you or come off crass or negative. The other event outside of the Concero event is a bunch of Forbes coaching council members got together and we conducted some sessions and we shared and we were just talking about how much we enjoyed it because we don't get a lot of that because we're always giving, right? But we need to also receive because sometimes you learn from your peers. And we all had the same conversation that I had at the Concero event with chief learning officers. It's finally about the people. And we have to reinvent ourselves. We have to think of different ways to help people because there's a lot of fear out there. There's a lot of uncertainty. But you cannot mandate certainty. You cannot mandate get over your fear because you're going to lose your people. So ultimately, when you think about coaching, it's a conversation. And I'm going to teach you something called dovetailing. 
and it's one of the easiest things that you can do. So think about a sheet of paper and there's three columns. The first column are strengths. Write down every one of your employees' strengths or the people that you coach. Write down two or three strengths for each person. The middle column is the word and. That's it. It's just the word and. The third column, so and goes in the second column. The third column is the area of opportunity to coach to. So let's think about somebody by the name of Chris. And I sit down with Chris and I say, Chris, you've been with the company a long time. You're a valued member. You know our products inside and out. You know our systems inside and out. And I've absolutely loved working with you. And I want to add to that list you really being proactive and facilitating and sharing your knowledge during this tumultuous time. Hearing that, what do you think we need to do together to facilitate that? Now, let's say I'm coaching Chris because I want him to step forward. He's kind of a quiet guy. He's a humble guy. But now more than ever, I need his leadership. Now, the flip side of that coin, I could say, Chris, you know, you got to be more of a leader. You're too pulled back. I'm leading with the negative. Is he going to feel good about doing it? That, my friends, is coaching at its most fundamental level. So the dovetailing is I don't say but... Chris, here are the three things I love about working with you, but you don't insert yourself enough. But's the great verbal eraser for everything before it. And I often make the joke, if you're going to bring your butts to work, leave them at home the next day. But does nothing. But is the eraser. The word and is inclusive. So Chris, here are the three things I love about working with you. And I think about combining more peer-based leadership, inserting yourself, and really leveraging those strengths of expertise. Hearing that, what goes through your mind, and what do you think we could do to facilitate that? It's very momentum building. It's very forward thinking. But rest assured, everybody, coaching is the number one strategy. I love training managers. I love trainers. But I think they will share the same thing with you. I wish our managers were more training reinforcement partners. I wish they would coach and become partners in our training endeavors. So things are changing. It's finally about the people. For whatever reason, whether right, wrong, indifferent, unfair, taken out of context, whatever we want to call it, it's finally about the people. So often work gets in the way. So I want to share with you a conversation I had with someone on the West Coast, and she reached out to me and had been following our blog and said, I would love to pick your brain. Would that be okay? And I said, oh, of course. And they were talking about their culture and how they are very set in their ways. They hate change, which is not unusual. And I said, you know, it's really funny. I said, could I share something with you? And she said, sure. I said, I'm about to do a blog, which is the one you're listening to right now. So I said... There's a before and after effect. And it's a very simple thing to describe. Ask your people, had you been coaching? Had you been scheduling time? Had you been taking the time? Had you been investing in people's strengths? Had you been acknowledging people's strengths? Going into this crisis and coming out of it, would you be better off than where you're at right now? It's a rhetorical question because the answer is obviously yes. See, here's the funny thing about the people. Work often gets in the way of us engaging with people. 
Now, guess what? We're not even allowed to engage within physical proximity of one another. So guess what we got to do? We've got to now have conversations, by the way, that some of us weren't having. Now we've got to do it on this thing called video conferencing. I think about a company in my backyard that I absolutely love by the name of Titus Talent Strategies. If you're ever looking for a recruiting firm, not only are these people brilliant, dedicated, it is the greatest workplace culture. And I remember sitting down with two of its owners, Jonathan and Scott, and Scott specifically, I kept saying, how do you guys do this? He said, what are you talking about? I said, your culture is so energetic. It's so engaging. It's, it's so transparent. It's so thoughtful in the way we engage with each other, including me as an outsider. Now, why do I share that with you? They're almost 100% remote and have been for 10 years. They operate with great efficiency. Their clients love them. So we've been partnering with them for years, and they're a client of ours. And I just am amazed at what they do. And I think about them, and I think about the question we all need to ask ourselves. See, often we tend to deal with things in its present moment. I got to get over this problem. I got to get through this situation. So how we behave, how we interact, how we communicate, how we converse, how we coach, how we ask questions, how we demonstrate active listening will dictate one of three things coming out of this crisis. You will either walk out and slowly, slowly get back to normal, whatever that might be, or you'll jog and you'll have a decent pace of getting there, or you'll sprint and get there quicker. So the question is yours. And I promise you, I can prove it. I'll go up against anybody. Coaching is the number one strategy. And the reason I brought up Titus is they coach and they converse every single day with their people. By the way, they're almost 100% remote. This is possible. The new normal might be video conferencing. Who knows? Yet, if you're not having these conversations, people do not arbitrarily improve. If you are not having these conversations, please don't tell me trust is arbitrarily going through the roof. If you are not having these conversations, don't tell me you think you have a great relationship because how would you know if you're not conversing with the people you need to have the relationships with? The time is now. You're either going to walk, jog, or sprint out of this. And I promise you, the number one thing you can do is coach, and have conversations with your people. Good luck. Thank you for listening to another episode of Coaching Conversations by Tim Hagen and Progress Coaching. Now, our company is always coming out with new and innovative solutions to help leaders coach their employees. And recently, we just created a new service called coach to You, where leaders can pick and choose topics and assign 7 to 21-day programs for employees to learn and more importantly, apply actions and then reflect and share what they're going to do going forward as a result of the learning. It's called Coach to You. We're literally bringing coaching to your employees. If you're intrigued, we'll have a link in each one of our episodes where you can get more information. And again, thank you so much for listening to another episode.